Welcome to the Recovery Hour podcast. Hey, where we choose to recover out loud. I was snorting cocaine, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, popping pills every single day. By sharing our personal stories of inspiration, work, chicken, work, hope. They will kill you in the parking lot. <laughs> you, will you will die. die. If you say clean in an AA room and sober in an NA room. And triumph. Together, we can end the stigma and shame typically tied to mental illness and the disease of addiction. Did you fix her? You guys are fucked. There's no fixing. She's not broken. We are proof that recovery does happen. Joy and laughter may be involved. This is the Recovery Hour. I've never been asked that before, by the way. With Lori Winfeld. Thank you again for joining us today at the Recovery Hour. I'm your host, Lori Winfeld, and today we have none other than Omar Pinto from the Share Podcast, the Share Recovery Community. And he's also a recovery coach. Without further ado, let's get down with Omar. Hi. Hello. Man, you sound different on that mic. Do I? Damn, sexy. Oh, yeah, boy. I even did my hair today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. No, I can't even because this is what I get. Like, Omar? Like, people know who you are and I'm just brand new. So it's really cool, and I appreciate your time because I know that it's worth something. It is worth something. So is yours. Well, you know, I'm getting there. Um, So much to talk about. I just don't even know where to start. The SHARE podcast, what exactly does S-H-I-R mean? So it's had its evolution over time. Uh, it started out with sharing helps addicts in recovery, and then I tried to narrow the niche down to you know, sharing helps alcoholics in recovery. And then I was like, you know what? Sharing helps all in recovery. So that's really what it stands for. The most important piece or the most important word there is sharing because, you know, that is what, um, that's what we do. It's the ability to be open and honest and vulnerable that gives us an opportunity to heal. So sharing is the big piece of that. And that's what I based my podcast on, or the reason why I did it was because I wanted to give anyone an opportunity to share on the podcast. So I would like invite all my friends. When I first started, when I first launched the podcast, I didn't know anybody in the podcast space. So I would just invite my friends that I knew in the rooms and I'd say, <laughs> hey, would you be on my podcast? And then I would get two questions. One. <laughs> What is a podcast? And then the second question was, uh, does this go against the 11 tradition? So oh. it was. <laughs> oh my God, the 11th tradition. So I'm like, I started in the rooms. So I, I know that that must be the one about not um, media, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, is yeah. honestly one of the things that was so hard for me when I went into that program because I knew almost immediately that I would be living my life and my recovery and my sobriety out loud mm -hmm. because it was such an annoyance to me when I became sober that when I did walk into those rooms, I knew a lot of people. And I was pissed at them. I was like, how the hell could you be going through this and not have told me? I felt sort of like a cheater <laughs> in a way because just, I mean, almost a year after I was there, I was on the cover of a magazine talking about my sobriety. So I don't go back <laughs> until I get my chips. I'm like, it's been five years. Hi. And everybody thinks I've been like off the wagon, but it is what it is. It's so important for us to be able to tell other people's stories because that's really what's healing and helping. Absolutely. Okay, and then so the share, there's the podcast. Then you have the share recovery community. Talk to me a little bit about that private community. Okay, so in 2015, I launched the podcast. So February of 2015, I launched the podcast. So we're talking five and a half years into it. And almost simultaneously, that same, that same year, I also launched a Facebook private group. And it started doing really well. So both, I would say within the... Within by the time I reached about a year with the share podcast, I had a, a pretty decent amount of people listening and I had a pretty decent amount of people 
in the in the private Facebook group. So I started kind of thinking to myself, wow, you know, I, I think I might have something here, you know, so that's kind of like how it started. And it's that one's a, is a is a free group. It's still I still have that called the Share Recovery Network. That one's also changed a bunch of times too. Oh yeah. So that one's called the Share Recovery Network, and anyone can join for free. And there's okay. almost six thousand people in there. That's awesome. And so the idea is just to have a safe space to discuss recovery. And I was really conflicted when I, right before I launched the podcast, I had celebrated ten years uh, in sobriety. And I didn't know whether I could say I was, you know, was 10 years of sobriety or 10 years clean. You know, I was an NA, I was an AA. There was a lot of like, ugh. I remember saying I was clean and sober. Right. And so that just pisses everybody off. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is that such a thing? Like, who gives a shit what you are? You're like, I'm not taking, using, drinking, whatever you want to call it. You would think. Right. You would think. But there are people that will, they will kill you in the parking lot. <laughs> You will die. You will die if you say clean in an AA room and sober in an NA room, right? Uh, and so yeah. I was 10 years. I was just celebrating 10 years of sobriety. And I went into a NA chat. It was an NA private Facebook group. Okay. And I said, hey, guys, I'm super grateful. I just celebrated 10 years clean and sober, right? And somebody posts on my post, hey, uh, congratulations. And we don't use the word sober in this group just somber <laughs> right and i just i lost my shit right i was like well i couldn't have done it if i hadn't gotten clean and sober right and they're like again i want to remind you that you know this is not right and so i go on this war path so you know what happens in early facebook for those of us who have when we first got into <laughs> facebook and we were adults. <laughs> and yeah, adult six-year-olds <laughs> that decide to go on a 107-post debate in Facebook fighting with somebody else about rhetoric. And I finally private message this guy and unleash on him, and he unleashes on me. And, then, and at the time, I wasn't married. I was dating my, my wife. Right? We met a few months before my 10-year anniversary. Okay. So, like, we were together on my 10-year anniversary date because I was going to take her to the meeting. I was going to be sharing my story. Oh, my gosh. 10 years at my AA group, and I'm posting in an NA group, and I'm fighting with them, and my wife is a normie. <laughs> so she doesn't understand any of these shenanigans. And you guys are dating at the time. Yeah, we're dating, like, which is a miracle that she, she said yes after She's this day. She's still around. Right, right, after this day. Because I come out and I'm seething, seething. I'm like, this motherfucker, this guy, I mean, I, he, this guy's telling me, like, I can't say sober. I'm 10 years clean and sober. You know what it took for me to get here? And she's like, wow, that's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is the best way to, uh, you know, celebrate your anniversary and you know, all like fired up. Right. And I and I mean, I just looked at her and I was like, oh, my God, so embarrassing. How? Oh. And so I said, you know what? Screw this, man. I'm going to start my own fellowship. It's called Clean and Sober. Yes. You know, and I was like, now that I think about it, I should have launched. That should have been my podcast name, Clean and Sober. Oh. There isn't a podcast out there called Clean and Sober. Listen, you might be up to like the nut. You can do two. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we're over it. Lori, you know what it's like to do one podcast. I wasn't now, thinking when I said that. Yeah, yeah. Oof. I just got really excited about the name. No, it is a great name. And, you know, it's never going to change because, well, I'll get to that later. But bottom line was. I was joking. I'm going to start my own movement, but that's exactly what I did. I, I, after I got married, I got into personal development pretty heavy and uh, spending more time and time with my wife was very heavy in personal development. And she's the reason she was my motivation for moving more into coaching and wellness. And, and, you know, I was always a big Tony Robbins fan uh -huh. from since I was a kid, you know, amazingly really? enough. Yeah. I mean, I was a teenager Right. When I first I don't even remember. I just remember the first time I saw Tony Robbins doing something. <laughs> You're like, I love that guy. I love this guy. You know what I mean? 
And so anyway, I was I was heavily into it and and I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own podcast and I'm gonna it's gonna be in recovery. And and before I knew it, I started a Facebook group, and now you can say whatever you want in my Facebook group. No, you can't. <laughs> And that's when you start to kind of understand, right? Like there has to be some kind of rules. You need some kind of boundaries. Right. Because then what would happen was you'd have people talking about medical assisted treatment and talking about Suboxone. And I did not want to go there. No. Like that was not my platform. I'm very, I'm, I'm completely holistic. I was doing, I was snorting cocaine drinking alcohol smoking weed popping pills every single day good lord and i went to my first na meeting after hitting rock bottom and i literally stopped from one day to the next so i was like yeah you know i can only speak from the platform from which i came mm -hmm. so i know that it's possible right to quit cold turkey right right now I, I didn't do it alone. I obviously walked into a 12-step room. But the bottom line was, is like, I want to talk about recovery, but I want to talk about it in every fashion that's holistic. Okay. okay? So that so it's, 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 it's in its purest sense, which is about being vulnerable and open and asking for help and community and connection, that kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. if you want to talk about, um, if you want to talk about refuge recovery, so 12-step recovery in the in, with the Buddhist philosophy, or if you want to talk about NA or AA or smart recovery or CODA or, CODA or I don't any 12-step you want to talk about, any sort of um, addiction, really, any sort of addiction. I just wanted a place where everything was open. And once I was able to kind of hone down on, you know, exactly – what kind of an environment I wanted to create, it started to flourish. And so naturally people that did not like that whole, did, did not like that perspective or like that openness, you know, NA people that didn't want to hang out with AA people, mm -hmm. they would just weed themselves out. Right. And if anyone started, if anyone started like um, conflicts or fighting with someone else, I would just delete their post, block them from the group, and boom, gone. You know, it was yeah. like I have the power, right? And and I didn't feel like it was appropriate to go in there and start fights. You know, it was super embarrassing for me to do what I did in that NA, you know, platform as a matter that in that group. As a matter of fact, an hour, an hour after that whole thing, I'm PMing the guy, going, "Listen, I owe you an amends. There's no way I had any business going in there, going against you know your your already set guidelines. So, right. my bad." I'm sorry if there's any way I can make amends, right? He goes, hey, man, happy 10 years. It's all good, right? Oh, good. And, and so that's, the, that's really how it started. That's, that was the first phase of the, of the group. And then, like, we're talking, I would say, three years into it, three years into the podcast and this group, I decided to start a smaller membership community okay. that I charge 12 bucks a month. And this one has online meetings, so in 2017, which was actually two years after, sorry, no, sorry, no, 2018, no, three years in. So 2018, January, I launched a membership community, and I also launched my own one-on-one -on -one private coaching practice. From there, so that's been two and a half years, and that the, the smaller group has now like 15 Zoom meetings a week. Ooh. They're hosted by all the members. I was just going to ask you, who hosts those? The members, the members chair the meetings they they were like hey man like i want to chair one like I, I got people that are like hey if you need somebody to chair meetings i'll chair meetings and i'm like great so it really took a life of its own like yeah. i chair i chair two meetings a week in there and the rest are hosted by the other members and what you'll find in there is as they start hosting these meetings and they're all just recovery meetings so none of them are any denomination specific okay it is really more about understanding where people are at currently in their recovery mm -hmm. and trying to get them to whatever the next step might be. Okay. And so the idea is to provide them with uh, a space, right? So, yeah. so, you know, you have, you have space. We, we, I, I have the term and I, for whatever I, I use this term all the time and I can't come to it. 
um, we save space for them. It's, it's not even the term I'm looking for, but hold space. Yeah, hold space. My goodness. Thank you. I use it all the time and I just Look, want to blank. Thank you. We Lori. could be co-hosts. We are co-hosts. <laughs> Look at us so, go. The idea is this, and this is how I coach people. And this is how I try and teach people to run calls in the meetings. Number one, you hold space for the other members. Somebody's got something going on. You listen as they're speaking you allow your internal guidance system, your intuition to give you messages, to bring you questions. Like when you really listen to someone, when you focus, when you truly hold space for someone and you listen, you will get messages, you will get downloads. Things will come to you. We've all had this happen where a friend comes to you and they're struggling and you know just the right thing to say. Yep. And they go, oh, my God, thank you so much. I, like, wow, you know, I can't believe it. And you're like, yeah, I can't believe it either. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but this is what happens when you pay attention, when you truly listen and you care. Right. And so this is kind of like the philosophy and the teachings in there. Because as soon as you get that download, step number three is to ask the question to give feedback. And so this is a space where people are like, wow, this is kind of cool because unlike other places, this, you're going to get feedback. You don't just get, oh man, thanks for sharing, dude. All right, <laughs> cool. Peace out, man. Right. And that's such an important part of recovery, in my opinion, is getting that feedback and having the ability to share with others that have either walked the path or are walking it, or, you know, it might be a fork in the road, but yeah, your intuition to some people, and also I believe that some of us have a gift in that where you truly are capable of saying the right thing, and it's pretty consistent where you're not surprised anymore <laughs> that you're saying the right thing because you know, you just know. Some people just know. Well, as a matter of fact, yes, you're right. We all have intuition. We all have a guidance system. But just like anything else, the more you practice, the better you get at it. And, you know, I've been in I've been in recovery for 17 years. Ooh. So, and I sponsored guys for over 10. So, I mean, I, I mean, like 10 years of solid service and consistent meeting attendance and consistent sponsorship and consistent service and didn't realize what I was doing. Like I was honing a skill that I had, I took for granted. I took for granted, you know, how good I really am. Right. And I just assumed that, well, doesn't everybody? <laughs> Doesn't everybody have this power? Doesn't every sponsor, you know, are, are all of them like this, right? You know, I just assumed that this this was the next step for me. I got a sponsor and he took me to this step. So it was the next logical thing is for me to take other people through the steps. And that's what I'm going to, that's my service. And then I have to do something else for money, right? Right. And so what happened was, is that I was tired of doing what I was doing for a living. And I joined a mastermind group of businessmen. So okay. I own a, a business mastermind community, and I basically just shared with them kind of like what I did just right now. Yeah. I launched this podcast. I have this big community. Um, I'm at a crossroads in my life. I don't know what to do, and I'm thinking about launching a business, right? And I don't know what to do with this thing. And they said, uh, why don't you start a membership community and launch your own coaching practice? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand the recovery community. They want everything for free. For free. Yeah. And then he says, this is going to be a growth opportunity for you. You're going to have to pivot. You are going to have to jump. You are going to have to jump and you're going to have to trust that you're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. You're here in this mastermind community for a reason. And you have two choices. You can either take the suggestions or continue to try and figure it out on your own. I'm like, God, that sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> 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 so I remember that from 12 step recovery, right? Like you can either take the suggestions and, you know, follow the guidelines or do and do what we did, or you could keep doing what you're doing and keep getting what you're getting. Right. right? And that's really kind of what it boils down to for everything in life. And so what I did was I took another big move. And this time I hired a one-on-one -on -one coach, but it wasn't a business coach. It was an NLP coach. What is that? Uh, neuro linguistic programming. Oh, yeah. So I went. What does that mean? <laughs> so, I got so excited. I'm like, ooh, sounds fancy. <laughs> so, neuro, neuro means brain, right? Thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, if you just kind of break it down, 
Neuro linguistic programming. It's linguistic talking, speaking. Yes. Yeah, look at me go. I'm look smart. at you go. Hey. And guess what we've all gotten since we were born? Programming? Neuro linguistic yes. programming. Okay, good. I'm so glad I got that answer right. You man, <laughs> A plus. A plus. We are all whoever's listening to this right now. We've all been brainwashed. We've all been programmed from the moment we were born. There have been TV shows and commercials and our parents and their programming and school and the programming in the schools. So all of a sudden you're inundated with software. You're constantly getting new software downloads. At the same time, tons of viruses, malware. And this goes on for years. And so I went into... Uh, my wife was going to an NLP workshop and I had just started, I just interviewed somebody on my podcast who was talking about NLP. And I go, this can't be a coincidence. No. Right. And I said, can I go to that workshop with you? It was a weekend workshop. She's like, of course. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Let's go. Let's do this. And I went to this NLP workshop and I mean, I fell in love with it Yeah. because here's the thing. There was stuff that was happening in this workshop that was helping me so fast Like there was things that just made so much sense and was so clear. And I was like, oh my God, I absolutely love this, honey. And she's like, why don't you ask him to coach you one-on-one? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, what about the money? She's like, (laughs) she goes, you know how I feel about personal development. You can't spend enough money on personal development. So if you want to do it, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? We'll sell a kidney. Well, yeah, we'll sell a kidney if we have to. Why not? Yeah. And, and so I, I hired the guy to coach me. I show up for him to coach me and he's like, okay, so how can I help you? What is it that you want from the coaching? And I said, well, I want what I've always wanted. I want to be a millionaire and I want to know why I'm not a millionaire. He's like, okay, okay. to be a millionaire. Okay. <laughs> Great. For what reason do you want to be a millionaire? Uh, uh, because I'm a man and that's the measurement of success, right? I yeah, can't. no, that's a much better answer than I gave. <laughs> I was like, duh. I mean, doesn't everybody want to be a millionaire? Doesn't that just solve everything? I want to be a millionaire so fucking bad. That was- I mean, they write songs about it. Yeah, well, guess what? That was that, per, that was perfect, by the way. Thank you. And uh, I was like, uh... <laughs> and I mean, it's amazing how one question can just completely leave you defenseless. Yeah. It was like all. It's like everything I had in that moment walking in just dropped off. I felt like I was naked, and I was like, man, I, I don't even know how to answer that without feeling like a complete stooge right now and he's like it's fine it's fine again again for what reason you know there's got to be a reason why i mean for what reason you know what are you going to do with it you know well i'm going to buy a house and then i want to get my new truck and you know it's the same six-year-old shit all over again and he's like okay and how is all that stuff going to make you feel it's going to make me feel pretty good okay (laughs) uh, how else is it going to make you feel like beyond the money what is it that you really want you know, I, I want to be financially free, right? Oh, so you want freedom. Oh. And I breathed. Yeah. Like I breathed when he said that. Like I went, oh. and I want what money buys, or I think that money buys. I want freedom. I want to be happy. I want to like enjoy my life. I want to have time for my family. I went, and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, whoa, like it's not the money that I want. It's what I think the money will get me, which is freedom. And I was like, oh my God, this is my man. Can we come back? <laughs> How many more kidneys do I have to sell? Right, right. <laughs> and so, and here's what's funny. He's he's this guy from, I think, where was he? He's from the Netherlands. And I forget, like, if he ever hears this, he's going to be like, kill me. <laughs> he's going to be like, not the Netherlands. It was Africa, but okay. Right. But anyway, so he's, he's could be Norway. Could be, I don't even know where it was. No, anyway. So, but he's got this strong accent and he's about, I'd say he's maybe five foot two. His name's Fabian. Oh, Fabian. Yeah. Fabian. 
and he's this little like I think he was like five foot three or something like he might have been a little taller. He's a little skinny little guy, gay. And I mean, like never in a million years would I ever even imagine myself hanging out with with a guy like this, right? Mr. Tough Guy, you know what I mean? You know, I, I don't have a lot of gay friends. Nothing against gay people or gay men or gay women, whatever the case may be. I have a lot of, it's interesting. I have a lot of gay women friends, mm -hmm. but I don't have a lot of gay men friends. I have a few. Except for Fabian. Except for Fabian, right? And as a matter of fact, I have a really, I have another good friend that I met through Fabian. Anyway, bottom line is here I am at this table with this guy and he is breaking me down, right? Like I am like, wow, I feel like, I feel like this big, <laughs> right? Like I felt like he was towering over me and I was like, man, I'm all in, let's go, right? Like I completely surrendered, right? After he asked me that question, I got through that, I go, I would walk through broken glass with this man barefoot and naked. I'm ready. Let's go. That's so cool. What well, it's so cool to have a connection like that. And so we're going through this process and he's coaching me. By the time we got to we're getting close to the end of our of our sessions, right? And uh and we'd had a lot of breakthroughs and we get to this one place and He's got my, he's, I've got my eyes closed, right? And he's walking me through this kind of like almost hypnosis, right? And I'm talking to him about my childhood. And he's like, at some point we'd work through something and I was like just in the verge of tears. And he's like, so what is it that you truly want? What is it that you really want? And I just sat there and I go, I just want the noise to stop. I just want the noise to stop. And he goes, what noise is that? It's this noise, this constant never ending noise that tells me I'm not good enough. I just wanted to stop and I just lost my shit like I'm losing it now, but a lot worse, right? And I just break into this just hysterical scream, like not screaming, but I just started crying and I'm just, I just wanted to stop. Not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. You know, and he goes, I understand. <sighs> when do you think it'll be enough? Omar, what is enough? What is enough? And I mean, again, <laughs> everything just dropped. Everything yeah. is dropped. I was like, what does that even mean? Enough, not enough, enough, enough? This is, this is what's been holding me back all these years is this noise telling me you're not enough. Enough what? And based on what criteria? What is the measurement of enough? When are you going to be enough, oh? When are you going to be enough? And I said, how about right now? He goes, you goddamn right. And I just remember just thinking to myself, this man saved my life. You know, he completely, I'll never forget that. You know, he just completely saved my life. It was something that 12 Steps could have never done for me. And I, we did it in nine hours. That was it. That was our coaching. It was nine hours of work. And I had been sober for over 10 years, Lori. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, there's people in the rooms that are holding mm -hmm. on to shit that they're on the verge of relapse every fucking day because they still got that goddamn voice in their head that says, you are just not good enough. Mm -hmm. You will never be good enough. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's like, where does this come from? How did this happen? And, it's, and in a second, it was quiet. It was quiet, you know, and I'm just crying. And he's like, he's handing me tissues and water you know, and he's like, it's going to be all right. I got you. Oh. And I just remember thinking, man, this is, this is what I was destined to do. Yes. Yes. This is it. Like, I know what I am here to do. And this was in September, probably October, September of 2017. Okay. And in January of 2018, I launched my community and I launched my coaching practice. And I have not looked back since. Good for you. And successful, we might add. <laughs> I have had the, this is crazy. Uh, corona hits mm -hmm. and I have four months where I don't get one client in the door. 
my wife's freaking out. Yes. I'm going, I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) So you can freak out all you want, but... (laughs) I don't need that million dollars anymore, babe. (laughs) Right. So... Oh, we just bought a, a we just bought a piece of property. Of course you did. We'd bought a piece of land before Corona hits. She's freaking out. She's like, "Well, you better start doing Facebook ads and you better start this and that." And I'm like, "I'm not doing any of that." But I did say I got to do something, right? Yeah. And so, you know what I did? I went back and I I and I went old school. Mm, what is that? I was like, "I'm going to go I'm going to go do exactly what I did when I first launched my coaching practice." And I started coaching people for free. And at the time, right? So I've got plenty of time. I've got time. So people were struggling in my community. So I would reach out to them. I'm like, let's set up a call with me. Let's, let's, let me help you out. Right. And then there would be friends of mine that were struggling with stuff. I'm like, let me help you. Right. And I got an opportunity from Sober Nation, Sober Nation, um, Tim Stoddard. Mm -hmm. He hits me up and he's like, hey, dude, listen, I need, I want to start doing online Zoom calls. And I want to have specific targeted events. Like I want to have a yoga instructor, a meditation instructor, and I want to have a coach on there. I want you to do the coaching, right? And I'll, I'll, for almost, you know, uh, you know, I don't even want, I don't want to yeah. discuss, you know, what, what he sure. pays me. But I told him what I charge per hour. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, but dude, I mean, I go, I'll tell you what, man, I'm not doing anything. So I'll just, I'll just do it for free mm-hmm. right, once a week. Right. And, and, you know, hopefully I'll get some business from it. He yeah. goes, I got to pay you something. How about this? And I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Works for me. I'm in. I'm all in. Right. I'm just going to say yes. Because <laughs> that's what feels right. Listen, I, here's the thing you can either sit in your pile of shit and stew in it, or you can just get into action. Yep. And let the universe know that, you know what, I'm not doing more Facebook lives and I'm not going to whore myself out on Instagram and I'm not doing Facebook ads, but I'm going to do what it is that I do best. I'm going to coach, mm. right? No matter what. And so I just start coaching anybody, right? Whatever. No, it doesn't matter. I, don't care. I mean, we're talking within a month, within a month, I have got more business in one month that I'd ever done in the history of my coaching practice. Wow. June was the biggest month I'd ever had except for August, (laughs) which was even bigger, right? So I was like, my wife is going bananas, right? She was like, oh, my God, whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it. What were you doing in July, slacker? No, 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 no. <laughs> Whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it. And I was like, I go, I know exactly what I need to do. I made a deal with my higher power. And then, and let's go back again to, let's go back to, again, uh, old school, right? Okay. Which is get on your goddamn knees mm. and start praying to God for help. Let's just defragment all of it, right? And I was like, I can't do anything else, God. Not that I can't. I, I won't. I refuse. This is what I, I know. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I don't know what to do here. And that's when the message came. Because mm. then I would, I would pray and I would meditate every morning. And I would pray and I would meditate and pray and then journal. So I was doing three things, prayer, meditation, and journal. And finally, it just said, just get to work, oh. Yeah. I go, I want to get to work. And the, and the voice was like, just get to work. Yeah. And I was like, just start coaching. Just start coaching. Just start coaching. What, and whatever that looks like. And what I've come to realize is that you have to get into action. Mm-hmm. You have to trust that what you're doing, you're not doing it for some sort of physical in this world results. My purpose is to help other people, regardless of the money. Right. So if you want to know what comes first, the chicken or the egg, it's the chicken. And that chicken better get to work. All right. Work. <laughs> or ain't laying any eggs. <laughs> work, chicken, work. You have to have faith that. Oh, my gosh, I can't help it. You got to have faith. Yeah. <laughs> I got to have faith. Music moves me. 
Well, and it's true because a lot of people are like, they're so consumed with the results and they're so consumed with paying the bills and they're so consumed with making money. It's so hard not to be, right? It is. It is because all the programming. You've heard this before and you mentioned this about your coaching practice about um, what you charge. And that's such a discussion point in the coaching industry is how much is your time worth? And why is so-and-so charging this much and I'm only worth to this much? And it's really a balancing act. I'd love to hear more about NLP. And then where, what are your thoughts on how do you realize what your value is as a coach in the sense of charging dollars? Great question. Yeah. All great questions. So first of all, the NLP part, which is the neuro-linguistic programming, is really just as simple as getting really good at asking the right questions. Because just like when I said, I want to be a millionaire, and he said, okay, for what reason? And I froze deer in headlights. Because as I was about to give the answer, I felt ridiculous. I felt juvenile and immature and like embarrassed mm -hmm. of what I was about to answer. Because it felt empty and it felt shallow. And so in that moment, things immediately started to change inside of me. Like as I'm trying to come up with an answer <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound so juvenile, so embarrassing, right? And I ultimately just blurted out anyway, because I'm like, oh, well, I got nothing to lose here. So I better just I better come clean. At that moment, I realized that there was something wrong with my thinking. My thinking was stinking and it was still stinking thinking. And each time that he would coach me, it was just a series of questions. He would not guide me or, you know, give me suggestions or whatever the case may be. He would just like ask a question. I would answer it. And then he would pick apart the things that I would say. He would formulate a new question and ask me that question. And this is what we did for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I realized, God, this is brilliant. Like this is getting me to open up in a way that I never would have even imagined. And it feels comfortable and it's, and it's easy because I don't have to figure it out. I could just answer as honestly as I possibly can. And he's gonna take my answer and then come up with the right question for me. And so really that's kind of what NLP is. And there's a, a few different things that, that I do specifically because there's timeline therapy, which is a form of hypnosis in NLP which kind of allows you to, to take an event, usually some sort of traumatic event from your childhood and dissociate from it so that you can look at it from an observer's point of view. Huh. And I, I do that all the time. With really? My clients, especially, yeah, especially when it's something like very delicate. Okay. Right? Because sometimes you just kind of need to be the observer. Mm -hmm. Right? Because when you're inside of it, you can still feel you know, the emotions, the negative emotions. But if I'm the observer watching outside in and I can kind of see that younger version of myself and I can kind of see what's happening and I can, I get a little bit more clarity, a little more objectivity, almost like watching a movie. You know, when you're watching a movie, you see all the characters, right? Right. Yeah. And so you're, you're watching this character and this character's acting this way towards this character. And this character is processing it this way. You're like, no, but he doesn't mean that. He really <laughs> means this. It just doesn't communicate right. And the other person like, you know, you mean you wish you could like be in there and just go, no, that's not it. You misunderstood. He really meant this, nah. you know? And so imagine that that's your life. Yeah. Yeah. That you are one character in your movie and there's a lot of characters. And unless you're able to kind of like watch the movie of your life as an observer and take this specific moment in your life and kind of objectively look at what's happening. And even if you can kind of identify some of the language that happened, that's where I come in and go, okay, so what is the meaning that you derived from that statement, from that question, from what was said, from what happened? Well, it meant this. And a lot of times, when someone says it, when they actually verbally say it, it just in saying it, it changes the meaning and it changes the emotional connection that you have to it. And so that's really what NLP is. It's really just questions, more questions and intuition and allowing someone 
giving, holding that space for someone and then challenging them a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll, I'll, I use a lot of what ifs. Yeah. So what if maybe, and I'm just, and then I get real, like I, I get in real close, right? I'm like, just what if maybe, and I'm not saying it is or isn't, but maybe what if, and I'll just kind of do that for a while mm-hmm. to kind of like rattle them. And then it brings them in and holds their attention. They're like, what if, what if, what if, what? Right. And then I'll say, what if really it didn't mean this? What if it actually meant this? And sometimes it's so, it makes so much more sense than that what they were currently thinking that the brain automatically, because it's so efficient and it's so fast and it loves new information, it'll go, huh. Oh, this information is a lot more efficient and effective mm. than this information. We're going to get rid of this one. And this we're going to use from now on. And in an instant, that traumatic event changes forever. Fascinating. Okay. And when you see that happening, like I've, I've coached so many people and I've watched that happen. Like it is, it, talk about a gift. Yeah. Talk about the ability to witness someone completely change right before your eyes there's really no going back. And really, that's kind of like when I was talking to you about that time where I was like, I didn't get one client. And my wife's like, well, what are we going to do? And I go, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not doing anything else. (laughs) This is who I am. And this is what I do. Yes. Right. And so and also even saying that to her, right. And even being so clear about who I am, man, that's a game changer. That sense that 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 conviction, that ability to stand up for yourself, Mm -hmm. no matter what, the universe just goes, God damn it. Oh's got moxie. Yeah. Send him some clients. He deserves we'll it. We'll show you. He has faith. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. He's Sorry. So anyway. See, it's, it, it's hard not to just go to the song. So now let's transition that. Okay. Let's transition this idea of NLP. And let's transition from me being 17 years in recovery, me sponsoring guys for 10 years for free, okay, me taking the leap of faith and hiring a coach and joining a mastermind community, right? And developing my skills and launching the podcast and just constantly providing tons and tons and tons of value for free. Free people. For three years. Right. Nothing. <laughs> big fat zero. zero. Big zero, right? And I'm not saying that's for everybody. Everybody's different. But for three years, not generating an income. No. And then getting coached and recognizing that you've had it inside of you all the time. You just needed someone to help you understand how good you really are. Mm-hmm. I launched my coaching practice. And let's just say that I've already increased my prices 50% the first time around. So then there was, I was originally charging $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. At first it was like, okay, so I'm charging a hundred bucks an hour and I would get like one coaching client or two coaching clients. And I was like, okay, okay, this is good. One coaching client, two coaching clients, you know, or maybe a third one. Oof, that's a lot. Right. <laughs> and then I've got my membership community. So I've, I'm hosting those. I'm doing all the hosting on these. Right. So I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, right. I'm hosting the podcast and I'm making a little bit here and I'm making a little bit there. I obviously was not making anywhere near what my wife was making. Okay. Okay. My wife still works for Citibank, right? And doing very well. I couldn't be living the Vida Loca, you know, if I didn't have a sugar mama. So, God, she would hate me saying this. I'm just kidding. So, he's just kidding. I'm just kidding. So she always knew I had this in me. So she had faith that somehow I'd figure it out. But in that first year, again, there isn't big money. Right. Right. I'm still trying to feel confident and comfortable in my value in how I coach. Right. Because there's still, as I'm waiting for this client to show up on the Zoom call, my stomach's turning, butterflies, right? Terrified. Why? When I was a sponsor... I had no butterflies, but all of a sudden there's money on the line. Money means something. Ooh, 
And so there was all this fear and uncertainty and insecurity. And the only way to work through that is to practice. Mm-hmm. I would take people for free or I would charge a hundred bucks. And I was just like, I would just like, whatever I can take, right. I will take because you have to, what I call is pay your dues, right? You have to practice. You have to get to a place where you are a hundred percent sure of your value. So there's people that are like, like, well, I'm not sure what to charge. Well, how about you charge this? Oh, that's too little. I'm going to charge more than that. Okay, well, why don't you charge this? Oh, that seems like a lot. And it's like, okay, well, what do you want to charge? I don't know. Everyone's so busy trying to determine what their price is instead of fucking coaching. Stop worrying about how much you're going to charge people and worry about how much value you're going to provide your clients. (laughs) Am I hitting a nerve there, Lori? It's just funny shit. It's just so true. I love your animation. And I feel like uh, I just I feel like a male version of myself is right. So I went from charging $100 an hour. Okay. And then at some point, I I got good. Yeah, because you've been practicing for for freaking 80 years. Uh, Correct. (laughs) And so all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm good. And then guess what? I start getting overloaded. And it's like client, 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 client. And it's like, and I'm charging 100 bucks an hour. And I'm charging each one individually. Right? So I've got to do an invoice. And then I've got to chase them down. And then I'm doing this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a lot. And folks, let me tell you something. As soon as you get overwhelmed, that message goes right out into the universe. So true. And the universe goes, oh, Omar's overwhelmed. Stop sending clients. (laughs) (laughs) He's got paperwork to do. He's got too much paperwork. He's overwhelmed. (laughs) Slow it down. We we overdid it. We overdid it. He can't handle the truth. can't handle it. So then I, I go and I get, I reach out to another coach. And they're like, Okay, dude, time to stop charging per hour and it's time to charge per package. Yes. So put together a package and a price and immediately, the minute you put that out there, it's going to control your flow. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing for somebody to send you 100 bucks. Right. It's another thing to, for someone to send you 800 bucks, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, so, so eight sessions with me, coaching package, 797 right? Or 796, whatever it was, right? And so, boom, oh, everything slowed down. (laughs) I can't commit to that. Can't commit. No, it got manageable. I did get people that committed to that. I was, I was at that place. Oh, good. I was at that place where the universe had, I'd already paid my dues. Okay. And so I'd get people that like, yeah, sure. No problem. Right. And I was like, oh, great. Right. Okay. Perfect. Beautiful. And so it started kind of trickling in. It was manageable again. And then before I knew it, boom, I was too busy again. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before I start sending a message out to the universe <laughs> that says, I can't handle this. Let me go back to, and I think it might've even been my wife at this point. And she goes, well, what'd you do last time? Well, I just put it in a package, right? And she goes, okay, uh, well, maybe you need to go talk to so-and-so again, right? And I said, okay. And so I go and it goes, okay, it's great. You got more business you can handle. Double your prices. And I went, what? Double my prices? Who do you think I am? Who do I think I am? What do I think? I am? <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and it's, it's so terrifying, right? He goes, dude, I mean, like, okay, you, um, you ask. So boom. So I double my prices. So I go from ballsy. Yeah. 800 to 1600, right? Now, here's the thing. If you're a good coach, Mm -hmm. if you're a good life coach, and you want clients that are looking for a good life coach, somebody charging 800 bucks for a package, eh, could he really be that good? Guess what happened as soon as I doubled my prices? Please tell us what happened when you doubled your prices. My clients changed. Oh, yeah, you got a different level. I got it. I didn't realize this. You don't realize this until you do it. Yep. That whatever whatever value you place on mm-hmm. yourself, on your time, on your product. Oh my God, so true. Is the people that you attract, the clients yes. that you attract. It's so true. Okay. So true. So a $50 an hour client is very different than a $200 an hour client. 100%. 
two different people. Yep. Um, and that's when I got my first millionaire. Yeah. I got my first millionaire and he shows up and I went, millionaire? Oh my <laughs> God, what am I going to do with this guy? Like, ah! And this is, the, this is the hero's journey, guys. You're hearing it like step by step. This is the hero's journey. Eat the sit you have to eat the shit sandwiches. And when you're done eating the shit sandwich, you know what you get after that? What do you get? You get another shit sandwich. Okay. And as soon as you're done with that one, guess what? What? A piping warm bowl of shit. <laughs> and here's what happens. What the fuck are you talking about? That's the that's the, the entrepreneurial journey, basically. Okay. You know, you're just gonna keep eating shit sandwich, bowls of shit, shit sandwich, and, and shit sandwiches, a bowl of shit. And just at that moment, just at that moment where you just can't eat one more bowl of shit, and you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I am, I am just, I can't, one, I can't eat one more bowl of shit. Boom. Whatever needs to happen, it just happens. It just lands, right? Go ahead. For those guests that potentially may be very literal, Omar is not suggesting you go out and eat bowls of shit. Yes, thank you. Just, thank you, Lori, for just that a quick, disclaimer. Just a quick PSA. Yeah. Okay. It yes, thank you. Yeah, it's it's just a metaphor, just a metaphor. But I really want to get the point across that it is difficult. Yes, it is very difficult. It is very painful. There's so much uncertainty. There is so much that has to change within you. There is so much programming that you need to wipe from your hard drive. Mm -hmm. There is a tremendous amount of work and effort that goes along this journey. And again, I got so busy that this year I had to, and during coronavirus, okay, I had to raise my prices again. Mm. And guess what has happened? After you ate that shit sandwich. The clients changed again. Again. So now you have multi-millionaires, multiple multi-millionaires. They're, they're pretty deep. But here's the thing. The first, my first minute, I was terrified. Yeah. And I was walking on eggshells and I was judging myself left and right. I had to be ready. I had to be able to get on a call and be 100% certain mm -hmm. that no matter what was going on with my client and no matter where they came from and no matter how much money they made, that they're here for a reason. Right. And that I can help them no matter what. Yeah. And that's when you really know what your value is. Sure. When you get to this place where you are so crystal clear that it doesn't matter what it is, mm -hmm. you can help them. Absolutely. That's when you know. And guess what? The, what happens? The universe follows suit. It sends you more clients. Mm -hmm. As soon as your roster's full, you raise your prices, you level up. This is what the leveling, when you hear people talk about, yo, man, are you ready to level up? And you're like, yes. And then they go, do you know what that means? And you're like, no, that's what leveling up means. It doesn't mean you just level up because you choose to. No, you level up because you grind, because you work, because you practice, because you put in the time and the effort to recognize what your value is. And as that grows and as your value and your confidence in yourself grows, you will intuitively know what to charge. Yes. Oh my gosh, you just gave me like, I'm all excited now. I'm like on a path of I don't even know. I'm just so excited to level up now that I know exactly what that means. Everyone's the same in my book. I've worked for multimillionaires in assistant roles and project management roles and before coaching. And I call people on their bullshit, regardless of what your bank account looks like or what your title is or what your stature is, if you're a guy or a girl, a man or a woman, a president or, you know, maintenance guy. And it's something that just literally allows people to feel human. It's again, I think back to earlier, we were talking about gifts. It's a gift. It is a gift. It's a gift. It is a gift. I mean, look, I have Omar Pinto on my podcast. This is only like the eighth interview I've done in my life. And there you have it. You just got to ask. Just got to ask. I know somebody did ask me that. How did you get, how did you get those guests so quickly? I'm like, mm, I asked. <laughs> What's the worst they can do is say no. <laughs> I do have a quick question for you. Shoot. I definitely have you on my list of people who have helped me in my life. And for the portion of my recovery has been actually launching my podcast because you were a great mentor for me on getting the recovery hour out there. What I have noticed though is you recently released 
a blog post that lists the shares top 10 recovery podcasts and the recovery hour podcast was not listed. <laughs> I thought, I mean, he kind of held my hand to get this out there. There were another 10 that were amazing podcasts that don't get enough publicity. I mean, like the bubble hour, Jean doesn't, I mean, she needs more people to hear about the bubble hour. One thing that was so interesting is that the share podcast was also on the list. So it kind of like took a slot for maybe another number 10 that could potentially be a budding, brilliant recovery podcast like the recovery hour. So I'm not really sure how to get on that list. I don't know how you feel about that. I just thought I'd share today because we share. Share because sharing helps all. <laughs> including the recovery hour <laughs> i will i will that's duly noted Lori. i like that hey ask and you may receive shameless <laughs> shameless self-promotion why There's not? nothing wrong yeah no, absolutely i mean shit i, I did it <laughs> you just told us how to do it yeah i, I put myself on my own list <laughs> asshole oh um, you I, I got called out a few times already on this yeah why? i'm not on there um, right? Maybe because you're not my top 10. Yeah, I unfriended and blocked them. <laughs> well, don't do that shit to me. Just put me on your list and then we'll be cool. <laughs> I will add you on the list. Though, I love it. Good. I love it. Well, now I'm really good because I have an episode with you on it. So we'll see where it, that goes. There is, there is a lot of pull there. <laughs> okay. Um, a couple of things before we go. Religious childhood trauma. I noticed that that was something that you had on your list of things mm -hmm. to help with coaching. Is that something too much to get into now because we only have a couple minutes left? It's it's really, it's very simple. Okay. And for anyone that was raised in a very dogmatic religious slash cult environment, uh, my mother's a Jehovah's Witness. And so, I mean, being raised Jehovah's Witness for 18 years is going to leave a ton of wounds wide open, a lot of bitterness and anger and resentment and disappointment that you are just eating a shit sandwich every year because <laughs> your birthday comes and Christmas comes and, you know, they don't celebrate that. So you constantly in this space of feeling like you are not worthy, that you are not enough, that you are different, that you don't belong because all the other kids come every year after their birthday parties and after Christmas and I got this and I got that. And so there was a lot of retaliation. Like, so I, I just basically decided I was going to forget the rules. The rules don't apply to me in every area of my life, just based on the fact that I wanted to completely retaliate against um, how I was raised religiously. Mm -hmm. And so there was the tremendous amount of, like I say, anger, bitterness, resentment, disappointment, sadness. I mean, you just think just the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And how many people are out there? I have, I have coached one, two, three, four. I can think of right off the bat that were ex-Jehovah's Witnesses mm. that I coached. Interestingly enough, too, I have also a strong Jewish clientele. Hmm. So it's just about understanding what it is like to be raised in a, in a family and in an environment where you did not have a voice. Right. It was decided for you how it was going to be, mm -hmm. and you just lived out your life until ultimately you're old enough to get married, and then you just followed along, and meanwhile, what's bubbling on the inside is all this anger and bitterness and resentment and disappointment and sadness, and then they hear me talking about how, you know, my coaching, you know, if you're not feeling happy, fulfilled, <laughs> and joy, you know, if you don't have happiness, fulfillment, and joy in your life, and set up a free consultation with me. I'm like, dude, when I heard your advertisement, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled, right? I can't remember the last time I felt fulfilled in my life. A lot of that gets robbed with, with religious dogma because you feel so guilty just thinking about leaving, just thinking about going your own because it's not just you leave the religion, you leave your parents and you leave your friends and you leave this culture and it's like, it's so painful and the guilt and the obligation and the shame. I mean, my God, yes. Is that all stuff that you had to experience on your own? All of it, all, all of it, it, all of it, all of it. Everything that I coach, mm -hmm. anything on my coaching roster, I've already overcome it or it wouldn't be on there. Sure. 
Okay. So you've experienced everything you coach, essentially. I divorce, marriage, divorced, religious dogma, you know. It's so interesting how when you enter into recovery and that becomes your life, essentially, that you can utilize all of those tools and everything yes. that you learn in any part of your life. And that's what I love about share and also what I'm working on with the recovery hour is just to be able to have those open conversations and it doesn't matter what you're recovering from. I mean, you know, last week I had someone who is, has no addiction, not in any shape or form, but she just got through a heart transplant and she's in her thirties and she is now on the road to recovery. That will be a lifelong experience for her that she's mentally has to prepare for. I love to get to a place where there are so many of us that are smashing the stigma of not only addiction, but actually recovery itself. Yes. So I, I appreciate being in that boat with you. It makes a difference. It does. And like you said about your experience and your gift and what you have given back, I, I love what we just talked about and, and what you shared because it's so important for other coaches, I think, to hear and potential clients as well is to know this is exactly why coaches are valued. And you can hear from a lot of people why they're not or why they're not therapists or why they're not counselors. There's a certain thing about a coach that has a gift, which you do. And like you just said, I know I do too. And I value that, you know, to place that value at a number is weird sometimes, but again, it is a business. It is. You know, it is a business and you've done so much and still continue to do things, right? I mean, you still have your, your communities that you pay attention to and your, and your give backs and. Oh yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't stop. I was at uh, my mom's today just having lunch at my mom's and she was there with a bunch of her friends right it's my mom and it's the lady that that helps her so that my mom has a lady that that lives with her and helps her and helps her out mm -hmm. and her daughter was there so the lady that helps my mom her daughter was there and her granddaughter was there who's 17 years old and we're sitting there having lunch and my mom's like maybe you can help out her granddaughter you know because she's struggling with this and struggling with that and the mom and they're like talking about her in third person, right? <laughs> she's struggling with this, and she's, and she's sitting there, and I'm she's sitting right next to me, right? And I and I just kind of kept like looking at her, like, huh, this is interesting, huh? You know, they, you're, they're talking you're, about you. They're talking about you here, right? And I said, I go, well, first of all, you guys are talking about her in the third person, so that's not happening, <laughs> right? And then I looked at her and I said, I could help, I could help you, but do you even want to change? I mean, is it that they want you to change or is it you want to change? Mm. And she kind of looked at me and she just kind of went, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then right there I go, well, of course you got five eyeballs on you. Right. And who's, so who's missing the eyeball, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was quick, you know? And so, um, they're all sitting there kind of like staring at me and I'm like, all right, well, do you mind if I take her? She's like, no, no, no. So I took her outside and I sat with her in no way, shape or form. Is she ready to open up? But I could tell she was holding on to a lot. Mm. And I said, so I told her a little bit about my story, mm -hmm. kind of did a little bit of a mind read just based on where the energy that I was getting from her. Sure. And uh, I could see that she was like starting to tear up. So I said, listen, I'm not here to tell you what to do or to probe you or to get anything out of you. I'm here to kind of give you a little bit of information about me and what I do and how I do it. And I'm no longer a Jehovah's Witness like everybody else in that room. Ooh. And so you might be going through some similar stuff that I went through. And so I'm just going to leave the door open for you. And if you need me, and if you want to talk to me, you just tell your mom, and I'll come right over. And she's like, I said, do you have any questions? She's like, okay. anything you want to tell me? She's like, you understand me? And she goes, yep. Yeah. I said, can I get a hug? She's like, yeah. And I gave her a hug and she just grabbed onto me. Mm, yeah. And I could feel her starting to let go. And so I, I pulled back and I looked at her and she was tearing up. And so I said, yeah, let's do some more of that. <laughs> so I, I hugged her and I squeezed her and then she lost it. Oh. And so any chance I get, to do that. Right. That's what I do. Yeah. 
Well, that's amazing story to end with. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's, it's such a gift, as I said. So to be able to get that in return, you just, at that point, you know, as a human that you're helping someone else is just the greatest feeling. And it, like you said earlier, it's not anything money can buy. There was no money there. No, there was no money to be there, but let, there is no, you couldn't put a price tag on what it felt like to leave. Mm. Cause like I got in my car and I just broke into tears. Oh, so I realized that I had taken something. I had, I had, I was able to take some of that burden from her in that moment. Yes. Cause as an empath, you absorb people's energy and I took it like I, I, it, it, and this has never happened to me in all my years. I got in the car and I was driving and all of a sudden I just felt myself like, Oh, something's going on here. And I just burst into like that hysterical sort of crying. And all of a sudden I knew that it was from her. Mm. Right. And I said, if this is what you need me to do, let me have it. Let me take this from you. Wow. And it is, there's no way to describe it. There's no price tag you can put on it. There's, it is a, a gift for me to be able to do what I do so beyond anything that you can comprehend or explain in the physical human realm. There are no words. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I know that there are other people feeling your feels because it is. And, and again, I've talked, I keep saying gift because there are some of us that have a special gift and what you're talking about right now. When you feel that, mm. you know that you're changing someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's life changing for us. Thank you for sharing. If you want to find Omar. Either go to thesharepodcast.com and remember to spell share S-H-A-I-R. Or go to omarpinto.com. Amazing. You gave us so much today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for adding me to your top 10 podcast list. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I love you. Oh, good. <laughs> the bold and the beautiful. I learn from the best, my friend. Okay, that's it with Omar Pinto. We're uh, out. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> Oh my God, that was good. Fuck, I don't know. And now I need a nap. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Hour podcast. Successful podcasts equal subscribers and good ratings. Please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. To learn more about me, your host, Lori Windfeld, jump on over to therecoveryhour.com. Here you'll find information on my coaching and speaking practices, as well as information on guests of the show. If you're still listening to this and you haven't subscribed to my mom yet, what are you doing? You're lame. So go do it right now. All right, all right, calm down. Sorry about that. He's just really excited for this to be successful since I've been spending all of my free time on this project and not with him. While you aren't lame, as my son suggests, I would really appreciate a few minutes of your time to subscribe. While it doesn't seem like much, it really does help my goal in spreading the word of recovery. Until next time, let's continue to inspire, live, and give.